Welcome back to South Florida Sunday, Sharina with you. And of course, you know, the 2024 election season is just around the corner. And this season seems like it's going to be an extremely busy one. Today, I have invited our Palm Beach County Supervisor of Elections, Wendy Satori Link, on the show with me to take some of the guesswork out of what we can expect this year. Thanks so much for joining me today, Wendy. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. So the landscape in Palm Beach County is shifting. Uh, What have you noticed with current voter registration and what is the current breakdown of like political parties in the county? So our current breakdown, we're 38 percent Democrat, 30 percent Republican and 32 percent NPA, which stands for no party affiliation or minor parties. We have 12 minor parties in Florida um, that don't make up a large percentage of those minor parties. But what we're finding is that people do change the parties, uh, which they're permitted to do. And so, uh, but that is our current makeup now is 38% for Dems, 30% for Republicans, 32% NPA and minor. There seem to be a lot of offices and positions up for election next year. Can you talk about what elections voters can participate in? Sure. So we're going to have three elections in 2024. The first one is going to be the presidential preference primary and also the municipal elections. And that'll be on March 19th. And for that, at the moment, it appears that we're only going to have a Republican presidential preference primary. So for that race, only people who are registered Republicans will be able to vote. But if the voters live in a city that has a municipal election as well, those are nonpartisan. So we will want everybody in those cities to come out and vote because it doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat or no party affiliation you'll be able to vote in all of your municipal races. And of course, a lot of people really focus on like the presidential election, but can you explain how important local elections are? Oh, the local elections are critically important because they really are affecting your day-to-day life. So it's those officials who are, like I say, running your municipal, all of your municipal laws, and they're determining what your ordinances are going to be. They're making decisions that affect you on a day-to-day basis. So we really encourage people to make sure that they're getting out there to vote for those municipal elections. And I understand that there is a new law that got passed about voting by mail. Can you kind of explain that to the voters so that they can be a little bit more prepared? Oh, sure. So voting by mail uh, does seem to change almost every time the legislature gets <laughs> yes. into, into session again. Uh, so one of the things that, that changes at the end of December of 2022, all of the vote by mail requests that were on file expired. So if people want to vote by mail in the 2024 elections, then they need to request a vote by mail ballot again. The deadline to do that is 12 days before Election Day at 5 o'clock. So if they voted and they've always voted by mail or they've been doing it recently and, and they feel like it's going to be something they want to do, we don't want them to all of a sudden realize, oh, darn, I didn't make that new request because they're not used to having to do that. Right. So the new law says you have to make that request after every general election now. And you know, one of no the things exception. that people used, right, people used to be able to check a box mm-hmm. on their last vote by mail, and then that sort of automatically did it for them. That's no longer permitted. So that's going to be really important because people have not been used to right. having to actually affirmatively make that request. So that's really important. And then, you know, they have to do it after every general election. So after the November 24 election, they'll have to do it again for the next ones, that kind of thing. 
Okay. Yeah, that is definitely new and very important because a lot of people aren't really used to doing that. Right. And when they do call in or, or when they do make that request, uh, another new security measure that was added by the legislature is they will have to provide to us either their Florida driver's license or Florida ID or the last four of their social security number. So that identifying information also has to be presented when they do their vote by mail. So that's also fairly new. Okay. And then for that, they can either call you guys or just uh, come up to the office? Right. They can go online and do it. It's very easy online at votepalmbeach.gov. They can go right to the vote by mail area. They can do it there. They can call our office. They can come by the office. They can, uh, there's a vote by mail request form that they can pull down from the internet and send it in. So lots of ways to do it. Okay, yeah, they just have to make the initiative to to do so then. Correct. Okay, so what about when someone mails in their ballot? Is there a way for them to verify that it's been received? Right, so we have two different ways. So once they mail it in, they can always go on to our website, again, votepalmbeach.gov, and they can go to the My Status page. They just put in their name and their birth date, and it will let them know what day we mailed them their ballot, what day we received it back whether there were any problems, whether they forgot to sign it or there's a signature mismatch problem, and then they'll let them know they're counted. So that's something that they can go online and do themselves. Or if they sign up just, they only have to sign up once, but if they sign up for something called Ballot Tracks, it's a free system that we have, that they can tell us that they want us to reach out to them when we do those things. And they can indicate whether they want that to be by email, whether they want it to be by text or phone call. They can even limit the hours that we would reach out to them. And if they sign up one time, then we will notify them in that manner when we do all of those things, mail them a ballot, receive their ballot, let them know if they have any issues with it, and then also let them know it was counted. That would be one thing that I would be worried about. So it's great that you provide reassurance. And in uh, 2022, your office rolled out an appointment feature for early voting. Can you kind of explain how that works and if you're going to be doing it again in 2024? Yes, we will be doing it again in 2024. It was uh, was very successful when we rolled it out as a pilot project in 2022. And so we will have 23 early voting locations around the county. It's the most we've had. And they'll be open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And the voter just has to choose which of those 23 they'd like to go to. Mm-hmm. And they can, the easiest is they can go online, but they can also call our office to do this. And they would just indicate which day they want to go. And then there's a drop-down menu. We'll give them appointment times in 15-minute increments. And once they have their appointment time, if they choose to give us their cell number, it'll be a way that we can send them reminders about their appointment coming up. And then when they get to the polling location, they will not have to wait in the long line. They'll be able to go to a separate appointment line and they'll be able to get in within 15 minutes or less. Oh, okay. So it's like the fast pass to voting. I get it. But you don't have to do it. Like you can still go and early vote if you you don't call and make a reservation. Absolutely. Yes. Appointments are not required by any stretch. And you know, in March and in August, it may not be such long lines, but it's always just a good habit to get into. Right. But in November, we do anticipate that there will be long lines. So this will be just something to try to make it easier for folks. That is actually a really great suggestion. Um, let's talk about voters' registration cards. It's really easy to lose them. Do you need them to vote or can you kind of just show up to your precinct without it? 
No, you absolutely do not need to have your voter registration card in order to vote. Um, You just need to have a picture and signature ID. So you'll need that. Your voter information card is really just for that, just to give you, the voter, information on what precinct you're in, where your polling location is, and that type of thing. So if you have lost it, though, and you want it, you just can uh, fill out a, a form. It's actually a voter registration form that you just put that you're just filling it out simply to request a new one, or you can come into our offices and make a request, and we can print you a new one. Okay, so you just basically have to make sure you registered to vote. Right, just want to make sure you've registered to vote, and then that voter information card, the advantage is that it will tell you where you're supposed to go vote on Election Day, because while for early voting you can go to any one of those 23 sites, on Election Day you do have to go to the precinct that you're assigned to. So if you have, you know, your updated voter information card, you can check that. But you can also call the office or you can go online. And we encourage people to do that because polling locations change all the time for a variety of reasons. You know, maybe there's construction going on at one place or the location we usually use is busy. And so we've had to go to a new location. So we don't want people to go to the wrong place. Right. I've been in that situation, so I definitely understand that. Are there any other circumstances that someone has to re-register or update their voting, such as like a life event, maybe you got married, maybe you moved? They wouldn't have to re-register. They'll, they'll be registered uh, unless they've moved here from a different state, then they will need to re-register. But if they have just moved within the state, they just need to update their address so that we know where they are and can have them in the proper county and proper precinct. If they've changed their name, same thing. They just need to update it so that we have their most uh, current information. If they call us, we can send them the forms. They can do it online, come by, and we're happy to help them, that type of thing. Okay, that sounds simple enough. Well, what about uh, Election Day and early voting? Are you still looking for poll workers? We always need qualified (laughs) poll workers, yes. Uh, They are paid positions, and so we hope that people... You know, there's a little bit of uh, extra money in your pocket as you're getting ready for Christmas, maybe, right. uh, or the holidays. And so one of the things we're just asking is, please, please, please do, if you're able to, please register to be a poll worker. Uh, we have great training courses so that people are confident when, they're, when they get there that they know how to best serve the voters. Uh, but we're looking for people who are friendly and customer service driven and uh, I'm willing to come in and be properly trained. Okay. And then what do the hours kind of look like? Can you make your own hours? Uh, For if you are working on election day, it is a long day. It's 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. is when our polling locations are open. So the poll workers actually get there about 530 in the morning and they're usually there till at least 730 in the evening. So you got to be, you know, got to have some stamina, right. but it's a, it's a fun day, and, and people genuinely like it and feel like they're doing something great for their community, and, right. and most of them will come back again. Yeah, well, so far you've had a lot of really great people in your program because I've never met an unhappy poll worker. So. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. And then you also have a program called Adopt a Precinct. Can you kind of explain that and how the program works? Sure. With Adopt a Precinct, uh, there's an opportunity for organizations to be able to uh, adopt a location. And when they do that, they're going to go through their training and we'll do all their training for them. And then generally what happens is that group's volunteers 
will tell us, I'd rather, I'm going to work for perhaps service hours instead of pay, and I would direct you to make, to give my pay to my organization. So it's a way that whether it's churches or temples or other 501c3 organizations might be able to raise some money for themselves or, you know, high school band or sports teams or, um, you know, different not-for-profits. So it's our way of engaging the community uh, so they can raise a little bit of money, but also helps us to get new uh, energetic poll workers. Okay. I like that program. That sounds really fun, actually. And then I wanted to, because this is on everybody's mind, election integrity and security. Uh, what effort is your office doing to continue to make sure our voting is secure? Right. So we are, you know, one of the first things that everybody should remember is that Florida is a paper ballot state. Mm-hmm. And so that we will always have the paper ballots uh, there as backups. Do we need to go back and check anything? But we are engaged in the, the best cybersecurity programs that we can get. We're always updating those, doing a lot of cybersecurity training within our office. Um, we always do a pre-election, we do a uh, logic and accuracy test, which is where we test all of our machines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do it publicly so that people can see that occur. And that's a, a really good opportunity for people to be able to, to get into um, to, to see it and to see what, what, you know, we, what, how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, we also do post-election accuracy testing where we do an audit. Again, that's in, a, um, that's in the public domain so that people can see us do the audit and we can compare the results from that. Uh, we make sure our registration system is not connected to our tabulation system. So um, if somebody was trying to get into one, they wouldn't be able to get into the other. It would be okay. uh, completely separate. You know, and each of our scanners is doing their own tabulation. So you have your scanners in all kinds of different locations. And so we don't know the results of those until we pull all of those results in from each scanner. Yeah, that sounds pretty secure to me. (laughs) Yeah. And what about like some people believe that uh, somehow non-citizens and residents of Palm Beach County are able to cast a vote? What would you say to those people? Uh, No, non-citizens are not permitted to vote. So when they register to vote, they do check under penalty of perjury whether they're a citizen or not. Uh, We then send those Our registration applications go to the state. The state checks the eligibility for citizenship. If somebody is not eligible because they're not a citizen, then the state would tell us that we should not register that person. That's how that happens. If you don't live in Palm Beach County, again, when you check in, we're going to check your address and ask you if this is your accurate address. So if you have moved out of county, then you're going to need to vote in in the new location. And then what advice would you have for those in our community who just don't vote because they don't feel like their vote counts? Oh, every vote counts. And when I say that, it's not just because, you know, we do want everybody to come out and vote, but Palm Beach County in particular is known for its, uh, for its close races. So we've had several races, especially during the municipal elections, where they're won by one vote or two votes or three votes. We have a lot of those. Even in a congressional race, which was a combination of Palm Beach and Broward County, for who our member of the U.S. Congress is, 
that person won by five votes. (laughs) So, you know, when people think their vote doesn't count, they're sorely mistaken. Every single vote matters. You know, we end up with a lot of recounts in Palm Beach County just because our races are so close. So recounts is something we're used to. But again, it's it's simply a matter of it being so close. So it's very important that everybody gets out to vote. Wendy, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. Um, how can listeners get registered and kind of find out more about voting in Palm Beach County? Well, our website has a lot of great information at votepalmbeach.gov. They can also, we are doing a lot of, you know, we, we're trying to get out to various groups to give um, voter education presentations And so if there's uh, any listeners that know that they would like to have us speak to their group, they should please call our office and we'll be happy to do that. We're happy to do voter registration drives. They can go online to register to vote and call our office and we can mail them to them. We want to make it as easy as possible to serve our voters. So any of that will work. Okay. And one more time, what is the website? The website is votepalmbeach.gov. So we will be the only .gov, so it's very important when they're checking the websites and, and getting information to make sure they're coming to us, the trusted source at votepalmbeach.gov, so they don't get you know um, any misinformation or disinformation that folks might be trying to put out there. Right, and that happens a lot. So <laughs> It does, unfortunately.